You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. I really feel in my spirit that there's like, you know, Pastor Jenny has talked about the discipleship movement and our, our first ministry, you know, our, our ministry tree kind of goes like this. It's, it's, it's God, it's God, it's spouse, it's kids, and then, and then it's ministry and then it's church, right? And so in this, um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking specifically about in our context, we're going to be talking about children. We're going to be talking about raising kids. So, so the maybe the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe you're like, well, Pastor Ben, this is not. This doesn't apply to me. We're empty nesters. Who's empty nesters? Come on, somebody. We've we've only got eight years left. Um, no, six years. And, and really, I don't even know if I'm excited about that. We'll probably just keep our home open for our children until Jesus returns. Maybe not. I'll talk to some of you parents and see how that goes. But, um, you know, so you're like, well, we, we, we have grandbabies or we don't have, we're not married yet. So like, how does this, like, how does this apply to me? How does this message apply to me? Well, at, at its basic, at its core level, parenting is discipleship. It's discipleship. And discipleship is not best done uh, at coffee sitting across from one another with our Bibles open. That's more called Bible study. Discipleship is when you're in proximity with another person and they're watching how you live life. Which, which is like what parenting is, which is what family is. And so what I'd love to talk about is how we at the Collective Church, um, how we started and we started out as a family. We started in a barn. And how many, how many were there six years ago when we started? Yes, look at all these hands. And we started as a family. And, and we actually were trying to stiff arm the church idea. Because we're like, we want a family, not a church. But then we realized that the church is actually the family of God. And we're, we're supposed to operate like a family. Because somebody say amen to that. So in, in, a, in the family dynamics, um, proximity is important, right? And so that's why, that's why the writer of Hebrews even says to, um, he said, he's, he's speaking to the church and he says that do, don't neglect your gathering together as some do, but all the more as you see the day approaching. And you're like, Pastor Ben, what's your eschatological take on end times and, and what's happening right now and where are we on the timeline and in history? And here's what I'll tell you. Um, you, you might want to write this down. Here's what I'll tell you where we're at on the timeline is that we are closer right now to, to the end than we were at the beginning when service started at 11. <laughs> We're, we're, there's 43 less minutes until the Christ returns. Um, and I, I mean, I know well-respected people that, that I, I mean, well-respected Bible knowledge that really believe that we are in the end of the end of the end times right now. Um, even though, you know what's interesting? We think it's really bad right now. And my social media is flooded with things that are evil right now. I don't know about yours. Like evil. And, and some of the things that are being said and chanted and some of the things that are being espoused right now, really, really, really bad. But I want to I go back into, into the biblical narrative. They were actually publicly bringing babies that were already born and putting them in a totem pole with a carved out belly with a, a burning fire and they were sacrificed sacrificing babies that were outside of the womb into the fire to the God of Molech. Okay, so while it's bad, there is nothing new under the sun. And there, there was, when we talk of, about sexuality in the church, it's very hidden. It's very, it's, you know, it's on our phones. It's not out in the open. There were actually uh, temple prostitutes and orgies happening at church and in, in the church environment because the Gnostics, um, there was a belief that the body was not connected to the spirit. So you, you could do whatever you wanted with your body and it would not impact your spirit. Okay, so while it is bad, I don't know why I got off on this tangent. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> T- temple prostitutes. Um, um, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, 
know. Um, while it is bad, I, I think, like, and we're, we, we, what we need to do is we need to keep praying. We need to keep praying because I believe there, there's been a prayer movement for a lot of years, and I think that it's, we're seeing the effects of the prayer movement right now. And the enemy is hopping mad, by the way. Can you tell by the reaction of society? The enemy is hopping mad. We're talking irrational things are happening. Why? And whenever you see that stuff happening, like don't, don't judge the person. Don't go after the person. Like yelling at the person is not going to do anything, by the way. Being part of an echo chamber is just you're another echo in the chamber. Like, do you know what I'm saying? In fact, Jesus said... Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you Pharisees, you, um, you wash the outside of the cup and you expect the inside to become clean. He said, no, 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 first clean the inside of the cup and then the outside will become clean. This is not a home ec dishes lesson that Jesus is giving. This is a lesson of that when the heart changes, everything changes on the outside. Like we cannot change people's mind. It's the goodness of God. It's intercession. It's prayer. It's one-to-one interaction that changes the heart of people. And, and where there's an, a revelation that when the sperm hits the egg and DNA is formed, that that is a life. And I've heard people actually this week, uh, here we go, I, I wasn't expecting to go here, but um, there was people this week saying that Jesus did not specifically address life in the womb. And so Jesus is, is, is actually okay with taking life. He's only, Jesus is only... People, these are people speaking on behalf of Jesus, saying Jesus is only concerned about, about babies that are born out, that are, that are outside the womb. Jesus it actually was never mentioned. And I was like, huh, interesting, because Luke chapter 1 says that Mary and Elizabeth got together, and what happened? The babies, the presence of God was there, the presence of the Heavenly Father, and the babies leapt inside of their wombs. And there was a God moment that happened. So, so I'm, I'm just saying, he must have not read the book of Luke, the guy who said this. But all that to say, um, we're in tumultuous times right now. And it is so important to be connected to a body of believers and most importantly, a family. A family. People that we can call on, people that we can talk to, doing life together and not in isolation. There's something beautiful that happens when we do life together. You think about a family, and I know all the things about Taylor that excite me. I know all the things about Taylor that anger me. I know all the things about Taylor that are, that are annoying. I know when his blood sugar is low. I know, that, I know when he is tired. It is very obvious. Um, so we know these things. We, we're interacting. I see when, he's, when I see when his heart is hurting. I see what makes him tick. I see when his heart soars. I, I, you know, I, I know when to bring a word of encouragement. I know when to bring a word of correction. Uh, you know, I know when to, to walk away and say, son, I cannot help you grapple through this. You have to grapple with this on your own because your faith needs to be to be built. Why? Because we're in family. And that in the context of family, that's why God's called us to live in family. We, I, I can look around the room here and we've all gone through hard things together. Not all of us, but there's a lot of us. In the, we're, we've, we've had tough conversations. We've had tough stuff. We've had stuff with our kids, heavy stuff that we've had to deal with. We've had like, we've done a lot of life together in the last six years. And, and it's in that life that we're that God uses that to smooth out the sharp corners, smooth out our responses, help us to forgive more, help us to receive love more, help us to make allowance more, help us to set guardrails that we need to set. Does that make sense? So all I, I guess what I'm saying is the talk that, that we're, we're doing today, yes, it's about kids, but really it's about discipleship. And like God has not, God has called this family to continue to grow, and, but yet to stay a family. And so Holy Spirit, help us to do that, right? And um, so I, I invite you into this. I invite you into this family on Mother's Day. I invite you to be a part. It's so interesting to me how there are people that will um, say, Lord, or they'll just say, hey, I want to be a part of this. But, I, but actually what they're saying is they want to be a part of a Sunday morning thing. And then when it, 
requires getting a little bit closer when it says there's like there's investment that needs to be made because if we just had you know if we just were like hey kids we're gonna go out and mow the lawn hey kids we're bringing the garbage out hope you guys are having a great day hey kids mom and I are doing the dishes you know hey kids um, mom, mom and I are doing the laundry um, hope you're having a great day like at some point there's something there's something that's really unhealthy with that it's because now they're not actually being a part of the family they're like the Dead Sea they're just receiving, 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 and nothing's growing and nothing's living. And that's, that's why some of our kids are really bored, by the way. That's why I think de- there's a lot of depression. That's why I think people are bored is because they're actually not doing anything. And so nothing's allowed to live on the inside. It's just dead, 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 dead. And the more crap you feed it, the more entertainment, money, whatever, it just goes into a dead place because there's no outlet. Okay, so so God has called us to be disciplers of people, and that just means we have to spend time with people. You know, Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, imitate what I do, do what I do, walk how I walk, and and you you look at that and you're like, well, Paul, aren't you? prideful. I believe this. I believe Paul was saying, watch me in my good. Watch me in my bad. Watch me when I'm down low. Watch me when somebody betrays me. Watch how I respond and, and watch how I, I just continue to take one step forward and co- to continue to follow Jesus. So that's what I believe this morning. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Pastor Bob's not here, so I had to say something like that. Y'all smell what I'm stepping in? <laughs> um, so I want to, I, I want to, and I want to honor um, Heather because she is what I've watched in her life is I've watched somebody who has leaned into Jesus and who she Heather wasn't just born an amazing mother. Yes, she has some amazing tendencies, and she has some amazing uh, nurturing tendencies about her, but I've watched her lean into Jesus, and I've watched her um, really go after the Holy Spirit and listen for the, the, the rhythms of the Holy Spirit, the promptings, the, the energizing of the Holy Spirit to steward our, our children, and um, so I just want to honor you, babe. You're an amazing mom. Um, you, you've done an incredible job raising our kids, and... and um, I've been, you know, while I'm watching the NBA Finals, you are just doing such a good job. Um, I want to, I want to just interview you really quick, and just ask, um, as far as strategy goes, you know, I, I know that there's definitely some strategy that the Holy Spirit has given you, okay? And I, I think we could all. Like this, this applies again to marriage, this applies to friendship, but specifically we're going to talk about children right now. That I know that when we're, you know, together in the morning and if I see her praying and she's got her Bible, I know what falls out of her Bible and, and it's pictures of the kids with the scriptures that she's praying over them. So I, I would love just for you to talk really quick about just a strategy and being led by the Holy Spirit in your parenting. Yeah. Can I pray first? Cool. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for um, whatever you want to do this morning. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for ears to hear and a heart to receive. Father, I thank you for um, all of us to be coming alive in the name of Jesus. I call every spirit to attention this morning in Jesus' mighty name. God, we just thank you for your presence that moves and changes and heals and restores us today. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so... One of the strategies, I'll just show you, this is the Bible. I don't usually bring this one because as it turns out, this is imitation leather. Didn't know that (laughs) till it's clearly not holding up. (laughs) It is pretty old though. Um, But I just, a long time ago, I found these cute little pictures of my kids. It's me with one of them, so I have three. And on the back here, this is Macy and I wrote her full name. And this is a scripture that I pray, a few of them, continually over her. And then I have Ashton. I just stuff them in there any old place. Doesn't matter. And then Taylor. They're so cute. They're so little in these pictures. (laughs) But as far as a strategy, um, prayer works. 
and really that is your greatest strategy. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, it is the battle that you fight. This is the war that you are waging. It is for your children, and it looks like praying for them, and it looks like taking time when you don't want to. Um, I actually was just this worship session. I was. Um, I typically have a lot of energy when I'm worshiping. I'm bouncing all around. Maybe you've noticed that, and it just happens. And um, but I was feeling really tired, and it was like I could feel the wave of the Holy Spirit. So this is applying to parenting, okay? This is how God actually speaks to you. He speaks, he's always speaking, but there could be a wave that you're catching of the Holy Spirit, an impulse of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna read that scripture in a second. But I was feeling the wave, you know, we're worshiping and um, I was tired, but I, it's, but you just do it anyways. And I thought, okay, this is exactly like those moments when you're parenting, where this is the fight. So what do you do? You dig in deep and you start stomping your feet. And I, you know, <laughs> um, and so even though, you know, I'm singing this song and I, I could throw a sign and or I could do this. I could say, go back to the chorus. We're going down, you know, but I felt like we need to do the. I don't want anyone else. And just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I don't know if some of you have felt like, why are we still singing that part again, over and over and over? And sometimes it actually is for your physical self to like bust out of something. Maybe you feel the, the stronghold right in your face of like, I can't go any farther, or maybe you don't. And that could be true of me too, where it's like, uh, I just know that he's worthy to be worshiped. So. I felt strongly that somebody needed to hear that, that it could, it could feel really exhausting to pray when you don't want to. Or it could feel like, is this doing anything? Because you're up against a wall. But that is the fight that you fight. That is what you're doing here on this earth. And that's, that's what parenting is. So with these prayers, um, with my kids, it's like, I speak these over them. I love Psalms 1 for Ashton. And we've been praying this ever since he was born. Actually, his name Ashton means grove of ash trees. It's kind of cool. Um, and, then, and then his middle name is Michael, which is who is like God. And so we've said is, he is a tree who is like God. And then we read Psalms 1 over him that he is rooted and planted beside the brooks of living water. And so he will be like a tree, you know? And so we have said that ever since he was born. And sure enough, he is as tall as a tree. <laughs> and so it's like, it makes me laugh. I'm like, wow, that's funny. We've been declaring that for a long time. And then Taylor is, uh, Taylor Benjamin, he's tailor-made for the kingdom of God. Because um, Taylor just means a tailor, one who sews clothes, right? <laughs> so we don't have super spiritual biblical names, but they, they mean something. And then Macy is a weapon, and we say she's, um, excuse me, a weapon of peace. And um, so these are just declarations that I have in my heart about my children. And so maybe that's something that you could grab hold of for your own children. It doesn't matter how old they are. Something that you say and you speak out and you believe and you pray and you stand on for your kids. And then this is just handy to stuff in your Bible. And when you don't know what to pray, you've got it there. Um, I wanted to read Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back to the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. You will never fear, feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So, amazing. Um, so, part of how I parent, and really actually the core of parenting for me is really just knowing that I'm loved by Jesus and knowing who I am with Christ. This scripture is, the, that what I just read to you is in TPT, so I didn't grow up reading it like this, but it's, 
so good. Uh, you will never feel feel orphaned. So when I was two years old, my mom, my mom and dad were married. My mom and biological father. They actually were married for five years before they were able to conceive me. And then two years later, when my mom was pregnant with my brother, my dad left. Like, gone. Gone. I have not seen him since I was two years old. I think he was kind of in and out for a, a, couple, a couple times. Probably he saw my brother Ian once. Um, so then my mom remarried when I was five to a wonderful man, and he adopted me. So I remember the day, maybe you've heard this story, but I remember the day, I think I was in first or second grade, probably first grade, where I signed out of school. So I was in first grade. And you have to go to the courthouse to get your name changed. So I signed out as Heather Wagner. And then I came back to school after the court date. And I signed in as Heather Hayes with my new last name. And I was adopted into his family. And so when I read this scripture, I'm like, I know what that is, God. I know what it feels like to be orphaned and then to be adopted into the family. And um, I think that that, I'm so thankful for that experience. Now, I wrestled for years. You know, the other part of my story is the brokenness that I had because my biological father left and abandoned me, you know. Um, but God rescued me through another dad. But then there's still those woundings. And um, anyway, he comes in and he heals. And so there's this place of insecurity that the Lord had to heal. And so for anybody who's a parent, anybody who's discipling others, there's a place of insecurity in your life that God wants to reach in and heal and rescue. Because when you minister and you love and you live from a place of wholeness, then you are not lacking energy. Your, um, your words are powerful. It's, it's actually, then it becomes effortless, if that makes sense. Do you want to keep? I think I'm off. No, that's great. That's really, really good. I, I think I would like you to talk about, um, we talked about in the first service about the escalating. What do we do? How do we parent our kids? How, how do we know what's spiritual? How do we know what's natural? And, and taking, taking kind of our, our authority and our place and setting the atmosphere. Um, I think that's really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can give you an example of two nights ago. Um, if we're talking about, okay, actually, let me back up. Sometimes it is funny when you're in second service because I already said all these things, but not really. Um, so I don't want to repeat myself, but here we go. Um, I am a nurturer, and as women of God, we are nurturers. God has created us to nurture. That's a part of God's heart that we as females carry. Now, that doesn't mean that you're good at baking, or cleaning the house, or sewing clothes. Like, that's not really what nurture means. Uh, nurturing is really a speaking, like speaking to the king and somebody, and then pulling them into your heart where they're safe, nurturing them, like loving them, calling them higher, and then sending them out again. So you pull them in, and you send them out. And you speak to the king or queen in them. And so something that the Lord has shown me with parenting and what we've just destined to do, like, or set out to do, I'm not sure the words, was to create an atmosphere in our home where I nurtured certain things within my children. So we, with the boys, it was like, you won't fight. You're going to love each other. You will not argue. Now, they do argue, right? But... <laughs> We set a tone in our home and we nurtured the sweetness inside of them. So we decided, like Ashton was born, like Ben always says, a giant heart, and he was emotional and sensitive and tender. And we I always just prayed, God protect the sweet spirit inside of Ashton, that he will remain sweet all the days of his life. Lord, that he will connect with you, God, as as a sweet boy and God that the power within Ashton is one of sweetness and so you call upon the thing that you see inside of your child and you nurture that and you call it forth and um and then the same for Taylor and the same for Macy we we see what's in them and then we call it forth and then we don't allow um other things to happen in our home so going back to like that feeling tired thing and you're like as a parent you're like Ugh, they're doing it again you know they're arguing or whatever's going on and you just want to like 
close the door and let them figure it out. Sometimes that's a good idea, right? Let them figure it out. But yeah, it is Holy Spirit led. It's that impulses of the Holy Spirit. And so I, um, but if it's a family standard, right? Then we just declare, no, there'll be no fighting. And so I come in and tell them to stop. And then we talk about it. Right, boys? (laughs) And um, I think that you have more authority than you realize as a child of God. And a lot of times, if you're aligned with Jesus and your heart is like ready to receive him and you are actually positioned with him. So this is for somebody. If When I was five years old, I opened my heart to Jesus. I remember him standing at the door and I just opened the door and he came in, right? I remember being on the playground at Glacier Valley Elementary School. So I was in kindergarten. And first grade, then I get adopted, right? And then I grew up in a Presbyterian church where it was pretty religious. Um, And then it wasn't until I was 17 that I realized that Jesus died on the cross to save me from hell. I didn't know that. I've been going to church my whole life. I had no idea. And that's when everything came together and it clicked for me. And that's when, again, Jesus came into my heart. It was like, actually, he was like, look, I'm here already. And, um, The reason I'm saying that is if you don't know that or if you're struggling with that part of your life, we're going to pray before we leave today, but that is is where you stand when you do anything else in your life is with Jesus in your heart (laughs) and knowing that he died on the cross to rescue you from every single infirmity and every single struggle that you have in your life. He is there for you. And he took it on his body and he is enough. And so when you're struggling in parenting, when you don't know what to say and your kids are fighting again and you're like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this without losing my own mind and freaking out on them. You lean into Jesus because he's in your heart already. And he actually took this moment of strife and anger and frustration and confusion. He took that on the cross in his body. And so when you have a foundational truth and a foundational belief that that's who Jesus is for you, you can do anything. You can walk into that room where the boys are fighting over something dumb again. And instead of anger, I can actually just bring peace into the, into the room and clarity because it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. It is a spiritual battle. And this is the war that you fight. And this is what it looks like. This is, you know, if my husband is annoying me and he's doing something again that I, I can't even think of an example because whatever. <laughs> but the battle that I fight is to take captive the frustration and to take captive the irritation and to say that's not who he is and that's not who I am. I am a woman of peace. Jesus loves me. You know, I'm, I'm acts of service. That's one of like the ways that you could love me the best is by doing stuff for me. And so if I feel like people aren't doing stuff for me, that's also the way I love. So I, I do think that I have myself in a little predicament here where I like to clean the house. And so they all just wait for me to clean the house because she likes it, right? Loving this. She just, she just loves to clean up and pick up all the things. No. They do help. You help. But let's say I'm in one of those moments and I literally am like, I am not feeling loved right now because no, nobody's doing anything to help me, right? You've all have had those emotions, right? And I just, you guys, honestly, the battle is then to say, Jesus, how much do you love me? Am I safe here? Does my family love me? Yes, they do. God, you gave me my husband. He is a gift from heaven and he is my partner and I would want no one else. My children are amazing. Like, is this a battle I would want to lose a relationship with my child over the laundry that they still haven't done? No, no, who cares? You know, in fact, if you come over to my house at any point, there's probably laundry on the couch <laughs> because we're busy. We're doing stuff. We're, we're connecting. We're, we've chosen to make other things a priority than those chores. So that, you know what? That's called dying to self. So my, my 
Love language is acts of service, and honestly, they, they meet that in lots of different ways. But you could spiral out and allow the enemy to tempt you and to draw you away into a bad attitude, into woe is me, nobody loves me, these kids won't listen to me. And you know what? That's called emotional manipulation. If you were to, and this is, unfortunately, I've experienced this in my own life growing up, where it was like, man, Nobody does the dishes to help me around here. And if only somebody would help me. And I just am so tired of the day. And then I come home and nobody's here. And blah, 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 blah. And instead of, like, that's called emotional manipulation. And that really breaks trust with your family. So instead of being direct, walking in the house, seeing the dishes are not done, I asked you to do the dishes. Go do them right now. Right? I asked you to put your clothes away. They're not put away. Put your clothes away. And I'm not perfect at this. But the temptation would be to mope around and emotionally charge them into feeling bad for you. So then they do it. And then they feel guilty. And you're like, yeah, you should have done that. Right? <laughs> it feels good. But that's actually very, um, that's very, well, it's manipulation. It's really what it is. So the battle that you fight is very subtle. That's something that God spoke to me a long time ago is like, this is your war. That's what this looks like. Like when you're tucking your child into bed and it's 10 o'clock at night, it's past bedtime. You've already read them the stories. You already prayed the prayer. You already did all the things. And they, hey mom, I want to tell you about this. Blah, 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 blah. And they want to talk to you, right? Has anybody experienced that? Yes. And all of a sudden they're free and they want, now sometimes they're trying to extend the bedtime, right? They just don't want to go to bed if they're little. But most of the time that is your war. That is the battle where you die to self and you're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you, and you stop and you listen and you process and you help them because that's, where the relationship is cultivated and that's where the trust is built and that's where a connection is had that is so healthy that will last you for your entire life with your child. Of course, I'm saying that. I haven't fully experienced that yet. He's only 18, the oldest, but I'm hoping <laughs> for our entire lives we'll be connected. <laughs> and it is because of those small steps and those moments, that's the battle where it, it seems small and it seems like the right thing to do and don't get me wrong, there could be a time where you're like, turn the light off, good night, go, to, go stop talking, go to sleep, you know what I mean? There are those times. But you have to be impulsed by the Holy Spirit. And how are you impulsed by the Holy Spirit? It's by knowing that you're a son or a daughter of God. Yeah. It's like that thing, like you're not an orphan. That you, your spirit, the Holy Spirit is actually helping you to understand that you're a child of God. That's what that scripture said in Romans. And that's how we are impulsed by him. And so just like here on the worship stage and even like what Tiffany did halfway through the song that she was leading and she, she started talking out and speaking out and then singing a song, that's called being impulsed by the Holy Spirit and that's a wave. Have you felt that in worship? Worship is the best example because music is already like waves, you know. And so the, the Holy Spirit will come in a wave and you get on the crest of the wave and you move with them and then it dies down and maybe somebody else gets on a wave. And then, you know, and so it's the same in parenting. It's the same day to day throughout your life. It's the same moment to moment where one bedtime, it's like, oh, this is a wave. I got to catch this. I need to hear what they have to say to me. And then the next night it's like, all right, they're just trying to stretch their time limits here. Go to bed, you know? And so if you can catch the wave and be, be attuned to the impulses um, and then know that that's your place as a mother to nurture those moments. And we aren't perfect at it. We really aren't. But remember that that's why Jesus came. And so you could take this, what I'm saying to you right now, and you could go home and feel really bad about yourself if you wanted to. I actually could probably think of tons of examples where I did not ride the wave and I missed it with my kids and I was angry and I closed the door and I went to bed. We didn't talk about stuff. I shut them down emotionally, you know, whatever it was. And you could start to feel bad, but wh whose voice would that be? Yep. The accuser. Yeah. The enemy. So you choose. Do you want to listen to the enemy's voice? and just decide, oh yeah, I suck at that. Yeah, I'm just really not good at riding the wave. I'm not a bad, I am a bad mom. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And you could run away with that thought again. <laughs> or you can come in alignment and just say, you know what, Jesus, you help me every day. And I thank you that the past is in the past and I'm moving forward into the future. Yes. And then you start anew. Because his grace and mercies are new every morning. 
And to be honest with you, how, how big is God? Like he knows what your child needs. You have not screwed up any of your children beyond repair, okay? So if you can let go of the past and press on to the future yes. and just know that um, God knows right where they're at and he sees the beginning from the end. And so he knows how to rescue them from whatever situation they're in. That good? So good. So w- one of the, the things too I want you to touch on um, is again with authority, uh, what happened two nights ago in the car. I think that's a good example of, you know, the, I think the Holy Spirit shows us when, when something is like, it's just low blood sugar or, you know, it's, it might not be a, you know, a spirit of sass. Um, it's just a spirit of low blood sugar or just they're, they're like naturally and physically they're tired. But there are times when, you know, our kids start to spin out, people in our life start to spin out. And if we, if we'll look at that, through, through the lens of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? This is more than just spinning out. This is more than just low blood sugar. This is more than I'm tired or I'm hungry, angry, lonely, those things. This is actually, you know, this is actually a spirit. And so then at that point, you having the authority in your home, in your car, wherever you're at, to take authority over that and to, um, to tell that thing where to go and to go back to hell. It, but also involve your kids in the process so they start to understand what self-deliverance looks like. Because, you know, deliverance, you know, a lot of us have seen deliverance in a group setting, and maybe we've never been through deliverance before, and so there's some, like, gnarly things holding on to us. And so you'll see, like, some manifestations of, like, the demonic. But as, as we get free... It's, it's more like, okay, I've, I'm starting to feel something try to trespass on the territory that I, that's already mine. And so we're going to tell that thing to go. And so it doesn't have to be a big deal or a big manifestation or like, I don't have to call the exorcist and I don't have, you know, like I don't have to go, you know, see Danny McDaniel and I don't have to, you know, or, or see Shauna and, you know, and, and those things are valid. But I'm talking as we walk. And so something happened two, two nights ago um, uh, uh, that I want you to hear about. Yeah, I'm going to tell a quick example, really quick, a funny thing that actually Tiffany and I were just talking about this morning. Okay, so we were talking about those giant camel spiders in Australia. Is that what they are? Camel spiders? Okay, they're huge, right? Do you guys know what those are? You Okay, nobody's freaking out. We're from the Northwest. Anyways, I, I don't put a picture up there. Okay? I don't know why I looked at the screen. I don't even want to see it. But we were just talking about, like, what would you do? If you saw a giant spider, I don't know what I would do. But here's when I do know what I would do. If my child was about ready to have a spider on, like, and they were there, I know what I would do. I would, you know, you just take authority and all, whatever comes over you to just rescue your child, right? I don't care about this. Now, if it's just me by myself, I might just, uh, just give up. I surrender. I'm done. I can't. When we first got married, I would find we were remodeling an older home and, and I would find magazines just on the floor. I'd, I'd find like things all, I'm like, what in the world? And I'd go pick them up. And finally she said, oh, that's where I kill the spiders. And I just leave it. I just leave the magazine there. That's for you to pick up. It's a big shoe, a magazine and... <laughs> Something I could, from a long ways away, <laughs> throw. Anyway, but that's really the picture of what we're doing with our kids in, like, the situation that Ben is talking about a couple nights ago. So it was Macy, and somebody she got spit in her mouth from another kid. Some other kid spit in her mouth. Okay. Whatever. Gross. Gross. But we're driving home, and she's freaking out. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. And I've, I've already talked her through the, the practical side. Like, no, your body is made with an immune system that's going to take care of it. And honestly, not, she's not sick, so you're not going to be sick. Like, this is, that's not how that works. You're going to be fine. Talking her through that logical, right? And that doesn't work. She's just more and more worked up. And so her, her expression of emotion is way out of whack than what's reality. Okay, so that's a cue for you. If your emotions are super out of relationship with actually what's going on, that's the spirit of fear or something, a spirit of anxiety. Something is not right, and it's not of God. 
And so we just talked her through. I was like, all right, well, do you like being tormented right now by this? No. Do you want the spirit of fear to go? Yeah. Okay. So should we tell it to go? And so we walked through spirit of fear. You cannot have control over my emotions, over my mind, over my body, over my spirit right now in Jesus name. And I had her repeat after me because she has to say it out loud. You know, she needs to declare for her own freedom and to recognize that this is a spiritual, again, a spiritual battle. Now, I didn't want to do that because I was tired too, right? We were annoyed. <laughs> He's like, I could have just been annoyed, like stop. And I'm in the front seat and just let her kind of cry it out in the back, right? I could have done that. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is faithful. Maybe God would have shown her and just ministered to her. Or maybe not. Or maybe she'd be totally traumatized in the back. And, you know, when she's 33 years old, goes to the cross for that moment, you know, because <laughs> Jesus has to heal her <laughs> at a rally, <laughs> at a rally. Um, when there's millions of women there by then. Yes. Um, but so I, I <laughs> Rachel, we're still doing rallies in 33 years. I know. Ooh. <laughs> Tired. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's funny. Um, no, she's leading it at this point. Okay, Macy will be leading the rally. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so it was, and you guys, it only took, it took the car ride from here to my house, which is about, well, I don't know, 12 minutes. And, and then she was calmed down. I said, do you feel better? And she's like, yeah. And then, you know, it's late. So then go to bed, put you to bed. But there are times when you recognize it is a spiritual battle. You recognize there is a spider coming at my child. And it is called a spirit of fear. Yeah. And it cannot have my child in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And so you take authority. And you know a spider, even those big ones, you can squish them. Yeah. Right? You are actually bigger than them. <laughs> even though they're scary, you can smash it. One, you know, one stomp with my foot could kill one of those big ones if I'd get close enough. You know. And so, but that's what you're doing in the spiritual realm with your child. Right. Whether it's a bad attitude, it's a bad perspective, it's insecurity. I'm so fat, I'm so ugly. I just am never good at anything. No, in Jesus' name. And you ask your child, would you like to continue with that attitude about yourself? And hopefully they say no. And you say, okay, then let's take authority over that in Jesus' name. And it's not always a one and done because the enemy's gonna circle back around again. He's gonna circle back around again. But at this point, what you're doing is discipling and you're equipping your children on how to do it then themselves when you're not around. So. Yeah. Amen. So good. Um, I think that, you know, we talk about this, we talk about this a lot, but we have to take our authority. We have to take those moments. We have to take those moments. I know that there, there are times when, um, when Heather and I will, you know, you can get into routine and it's like bedtime routine. It's like, okay, Lord. Okay. And you're, you're praying with your kids and this is good. This is not bad, but I, I just, this is not what... This is not the place where I want to live, where I'm just like, okay, help them to wake up refreshed, help them to sleep good tonight, help their bodies, help their tummies feel good, help their, you know, all the things. And, and that's good. And, and we, we pray those things, but I, I want to catch that wave. So I would actually rather pray once or twice with them a week at night if it's going to be prayers that are birthed by the Holy Spirit. And I feel like it, it's, it's all, something's all over it. Something's all over it. Because I don't want to get into religious routines with my kids even. And so there, there are times when I feel like the Holy Spirit just tells me to tell Macy, um, oh, Macy, you're really funny. And that's not in any parenting book, by the way. You will not read that in a parenting book. Um, and, say, and say, hey, Macy, you're, really, you're a really good friend. I think the Holy Spirit just wants you to know that you're a really good friend and, um, you know, that you, you shift the atmosphere. And so I'm just speaking into her spirit, right? Speaking into her spirit with the boys, same thing. I, I would rather wait for those and, and pounce on those moments of like, does that make sense? Of like, whether it's intercession or whether it's speaking into them, whether it's, it's prophesying over them. And, and, you know, and taking, really taking authority. And we have, one thing I love about Heather and, and I, and I want to learn from Heather is number one, how she leans into the Holy Spirit really, really quickly. She goes there quickly. 
And then she does not, she is so, she is not tolerant. Zero tolerance for like demonic activity or any sort of strife in our house. Like zero tolerance and takes authority over that thing. I, I just, I just believe this. I just, I believe that our words are powerful church. I believe that we say, oh, our kids fight all the time. Oh, you know, my kids, you know, how boys are. No, no, no. So we, I've been telling my boys that they'll be best friends for the rest of their life. My, my boys will be friends for the rest of their life. They're gonna be, they're gonna be good friends. You know, my mom spoke that over our life, me and my brother. And I only punched him one time. Long story, we both got spanked. It was all my fault too. Um, my brother brought it up at my wedding in his speech. So I, I reaped what I sowed. Um, but my, my brother and I are still friends to this day. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of things. Well, well, but first coffee, but first wine, but first, oh, I got to get out of here. I need a girl's trip. I need a guy. Like all these little things that we say, all these little things that we say that have become very, very norm uh, to West Side Portland Christianity. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. I need a glass of wine after, and I'm not, listen, I'm not talking, I'm talking about anything that takes the place of the Holy Spirit. This is not a sermon about drinking wine or alcohol or whatever. This is, oh, but first coffee, I can't handle you guys. You guys are such, I hear, and I'm telling you, it's we're word cursing our kids. We're word cursing our kids. Oh, I need a break from these little monsters. Don't speak that in the atmosphere. These are mighty men of God. These are leaders of men, followers of Jesus Christ. Your kids are mighty men and women of God. I tell you, <laughs> I could just, I could sit here for a while. Um, grace. Is the energy of God is released when faith is expressed. I'm telling you, there are so, I can tell you, Heather, when she is dog tired, because she's been working hard all day, yet she'll lean into the grace of God and she'll express faith. Say, hey, let's go for a walk around the block. Let's, let's, let's do something, you know, let's a ministry moment to catch a wave. And guess what you have when you make that decision? Grace! The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is there. So, yeah, you're right. You can't do it. You're, you're right. You don't feel like doing it. Yeah, of course, none of us do. But when we express faith and we catch the wave of the Holy Spirit, God can do infinitely more than we can ask, imagine, or think in those moments. And that, 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 that goes with, with discipleship. That goes with marriage. That goes with any of, uh, of the, how we interface with one another. And I just, I just believe that our words are really, really powerful are really powerful. Don't say over your kid, oh man, this, my little boy, he's such a flirt. He's such a ladies' man. Why? You're, what are you sowing? Start, start to disciple monogamy into your kids. Start to disciple masculinity into your kids. Start to, to disciple femininity into your kids. Let your kids know that you love them and you love to spend time with them. Be direct with them. This is my Father's Day message that I'm getting ready for. Mother's Day, moms, you're amazing. Father's Day, dads, do better. Um, we're flipping the script here, amen. I, I want you to finish up, it's so good. Yeah, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is a perfect father and a perfect mother. Holy Spirit is a perfect parent. The Holy Spirit is a perfect businessman, a teacher, a financial advisor, all the things the Holy Spirit is, well, and one of the names of Jesus is Wonderful Counselor. And so when you feel void of information for your children, like, I don't know how to counsel them in this moment, that's when you, Holy Spirit, help. You're a perfect parent. Would you help me? Would you help me in this moment? And then because you know that you're not an orphan and because you know 
that the Holy Spirit is helping you to feel like a child of God and to receive the love of God, then you can minister to your kids. And so God, right now, I just thank you for ministering to every single heart this morning. Lord, that you would deposit the depths of your love into hearts right now. And God, I ask that your love, when it goes into these hearts, Father, that you would actually be pushing out rejection wounds, that you would be pushing out any spirits of fear and confusion that are trying to stop a mother from nurturing right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for your love that pushes out evil, that pushes out the darkness. You guys, I'm literally seeing your hearts being filled with the blood of Jesus and and evil is fleeing from you right now in Jesus' name. So partner with that. Catch the wave and say, yes, God. Let's say that. Say, yes, God. Yes, God. Come with your healing. Come with your healing. Minister to me, Lord. I receive your love. I receive your love. Thank you, Jesus. So remember when you, in this atmosphere of prayer, I just wanna speak one more thing into your your spirits. And um, I do believe it's a revelation. It was a revelation for me. And so if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I was, and I've shared this before, but I was lamenting. I was cleaning the house and going, gosh, I, God, by the time I'm the person that you called me to be, by the time I'm healed and redeemed and actually all these bad attitudes are gone and these bad habits and I'm moving forward and my kids are going to be out of the house. Why did you set it up that way? Why can't we like heal and redeem and get better and and be really, really great and then have kids? (laughs) And he's like, because you're modeling a process. If you were perfect, your kids would be like, well, why bother? I can't do that. And so what you're modeling as a parent is what it looks like to fight what it looks like to stay connected to Jesus, what it looks like to push back the enemy who's lying to you and to choose the voice of truth. That's what you're teaching your kids. So, and when you're discipling other people, whether you have children in your home or not, um, I wanna say too, to anybody who has older kids, you're still, they still need mom. They still need dad. They still need you. And if you don't have a relationship with your older children, you still pray. And you tell, you, you speak out, you know, Ashton is a tree who is like God, planted by rivers of living water, bearing fruit in season. And you declare that over your child, knowing that the authority you carry as a parent produces fruit. And when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, well, that's salvation, right? And so when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, that's also called faith. And so faith in action is prayer. Faith in action is prayer. Pray, 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 dispatching angels, right? And so your words are powerful. Don't ever underestimate your prayers because the enemy would wanna tell you, it's not gonna work. Why are you doing that? You sound dumb or you're not doing it right. So God, I just thank you one more time. Okay, we're praying again. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for that revelation of freedom to just know that we are safe in a process. We are being moved from glory to glory, and we trust you, Jesus. We trust that you're nurturing our children, that ultimately it's all about you, Jesus. Ultimately, it's you who change our hearts. It's you who fixes things and heals. It's you who leads us and guides us, and it's us who just surrenders and submits. And so, Lord, we just choose to take your hand this morning and walk with you as you lead us. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.